to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Wasting the Day podcast. I'm your host, Nate. I'm Brian. And we are kicking off this week with a new subject, a new topic as we continue our series, Riches and Niches. This time we're focusing on service agreements. Service agreements, otherwise known as club memberships or maintenance agreements, uh, no matter the name, uh, we're focusing on those because there is riches within that niche. And as we want to do every single week, we start off with a quote from Brian. Loyal customers, they don't just come back, they don't simply recommend you, they insist that their friends do business with you. So I used to work at a hardware store when I was a teenager, and one thing that I remember there is learning about how the customer experience flows to other people that they know. And I can't remember the exact number, but I think it was something like a good customer Maybe we'll tell somebody, but a bad customer is guaranteed to tell like five, six, seven people or whatever it may be. And that's, that's resonated with me because the experience that one customer has uh, will be like wildfire if it's a bad experience. But if it's a good one or an okay one, you might not even get a hint or a mention the next time that somebody asks or the subject comes up. The same goes for loyalty. A loyal customer who is your fan, I mean... They, it's, it's hard pressed for them to bring it up, but you have a pretty decent chance of at least coming up if they're like fans, they're raving fans, they're loyal of you. But a, a loyal customer, the other direction, meaning like an anti-loyal customer, somebody who is like, yeah, I wouldn't touch them with a nine and a half foot pole, uh, yeah, that type of thing. Like they will absolutely drive people away from your business. So service agreements from that standpoint have, is kind of a double-edged sword because they're the people that are supposed to be the most loyal to your customer, your customer base, the most loyal of your customer base to your company. And they're the ones that you need to treat with the VIPs because if you don't, you, know, you have the potential of that loyalty being used against you. So what we want to focus on here in riches and niches is this is an important segment of business and not one to be easily overlooked. The idea of all customers being created equal is a false one. Uh, there are certainly customers that have way more impact, not only on your bottom line, but also on uh, creating new customers from them, referral business, those types of things. And so what we want to focus on here is that if you are treating service agreement customers as just every day, uh, just the common, just the regular, you're missing the riches within that niche because there is so much more uh, for you to offer there and for them to offer you. And within that context, we wanted to focus this podcast on not only the importance of those customers, but how to talk about service agreements and the value that they bring. Right. And that value being not just for the um, customers themselves, but the service agreement brings us as technicians um, the opportunity to have work at a time when, when most of the people in our area might be pretty slow. 
Um, certainly one hour more than, more than the other two brands knows this pain well on the shoulder seasons when they're, they're not going to be busy with demand calls. You know, it's here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania right now, it's 60 degrees and sunny and no wind. And this is not conducive to people calling in to get their furnaces or air conditioners fixed or replaced. So we need something for our technicians to do while they wait for the heat to get here. And that will typically be uh, system maximizer maintenance appointments on HVAC systems from our club members. So understanding without those club members, um, most of the guys in one hour don't have anything to do for several months a year. You take that to the electrical division, and it's much the same. I mean, you, you have the electrical and the plumbing. We have days when we're really busy and there's loads of demand calls to run, and then we have days when that's not the case or it might even be weeks when that's not the case. And on those days or weeks, we can fill that with service agreement clients who have us come out and maintain and maximize their electrical and plumbing systems. And by being there, we have the opportunity to do all kinds of other stuff like panel replacements and whole home surge protectors and <clears throat> water heaters and water treatment and all the stuff that our plumbers and electricians love to do simply because of the fact that somebody had the wherewithal to offer that homeowner a maintenance plan and they accepted it. Now that's that takes somebody being bold enough to offer that plan. I know a lot of people don't like to offer plans. They never even bring it up. It also takes that person being good enough to sell that plan um, when, you know, the first time the client hears about it, it's not something they're interested in. I mean, especially before you've given even an explanation. And you can hear somebody explain a plan like that in a way that not necessarily going to make you want to get involved in that plan. But our guest that we'll have on today, Tracy, is is an expert at getting people involved in that plan. <clears throat> and she does it by, um, actually, she owns the plan herself. She actually was, was an early owner of the plan. I think she actually, um, and I don't want to give her story away, but I, I believe she was on our plans before she came to work here. Um, she was a firm believer in these service plans, maintenance plans, before she was ever asked to sell one. And if you hear her talking to people about them, um, it's no surprise that she sells a lot of them because she presents them in a way that it benefits the person she's speaking to. You, you would barely think that she gets any kind of spiff for selling a plan. It's all about who she's talking to. Yeah, and so what we want to encourage you if you're a service professional in the field is, is consider this. Why are you not talking about service agreements? If your company has them, why are you not talking about them? And I'm sure there's many answers to that and all kinds of excuses as well. But the fact of the matter is, if you don't have a service agreement uh, that is worth talking about, then take that back to your owners and say, hey, you know, we, we need to talk here. We're, we're missing the boat on this stuff. There's not enough value here. Or, you know, I'll often hear like people will present the service agreement as a coupon. Like, hey, you know, here, here's this thing. If you pay a couple bucks a month, I can get you a percent off right now. I mean, that type of mentality is just 
It's, it's contrary to what you want to do to further your business and to further your career. You want to have a product, you want to have a service agreement that you're excited about. And in doing so, it will become a whole lot easier to talk about it. Now, assuming that you are excited about it or that there is at least something to be excited about, why aren't you doing it? Why aren't you spending the time bringing up that conversation? Our guest on the second part of this podcast, um, I believe she's going to do a role play of this for us. And you'll see just how fast and easy it is uh, to have that conversation. And, and in doing so, um, you really left, I think you'll be left kind of asking yourself the question like, wow, I mean, it, it seems pretty easy. And, and so I want to challenge you on that, that there's a lot of value here. There is riches within this niche, not only in um, understanding the value of a service agreement, but, need, but being able to communicate that to the client that's in front of you. Right. And the best way to, to do that, like any sales presentation, is to write up a presentation and practice that presentation before you ever get in front of a homeowner and find somebody that you can bounce that presentation off of from, from your organization um, or even at home um, and get good at it before you, before you try to do it in front of the homeowner. And the worst place you're going to do it is in front of your fellow technicians. That's for sure. Everybody knows that uh, role-playing is 10 times as tough as it is presenting in front of an actual client who doesn't know what they're supposed to be listening for versus doing it in front of a couple dozen technicians that knows every mistake you're making and hopefully will make fun of you for it. <laughs> yeah, I hear you on that. So the reason that there is riches within this niche is because in our neck of the woods, we do a lot of presenting service agreements over the phone. All right. And as is kind of the traditional understanding of communication, there's generally three parts. You have body language, which makes up the strong majority of communication. You have tonality, which is the second biggest part. And then you have words. When you're talking over the phone, you really only have your words and your tone, just like listening to this podcast. You know, am I smiling? Uh, am I waving my hands? You can't tell that. You might be able to hear that I have a, a general positive voice. Uh, maybe my inflection is up. Uh, but for the most part, you're stuck with just my tone and you're stuck with just my words. When you're in the field and you're dealing with a customer in their kitchen, in their home, you have all the pieces of communication. And so your ability to communicate is, is at the fullest potential to communicate the value of the service agreement, to communicate the value of your service. And that's another thing. You know, if your company is selling service agreements over the phone, they're doing so with sometimes no actual experience whatsoever. They're just doing it blindly to a customer who says, uh, yeah, I think that makes sense. Let's go forward with that. But you in the field, you have the added value of being able to say, hey, did you like what you just got? Did you like what you just saw? Did you like how you were treated, how I treated your home, how I fixed the problem for you, how I workflowed the entire part of the, uh, you know, the service call from start to finish while keeping you looped in on all the communication? Did you like all that? And if you did, you know, does it make sense to kind of make this more of an arrangement as opposed to a one-time thing? And if that's the case, here, let me, let me show you kind of a couple options that we have, you know, one, two, three, or you know, 999, $19.99, $29.99, whatever it is, and put those out there. You have, as a service professional in the field, you have the added value of being able to basically say, I am the person that you can have in your home every single time that you have a problem. And that, I mean, 
If you can't value yourself to that degree and feel that some customer out there, some client out there would say, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I like you and I'd sure love to not have to deal with another stranger in my house. Then you got everything going for you to just say, all right, let's, let's make this a thing. Here you go. Uh, just give me your credit card and we'll roll from there. And that's where the riches in the niches really happens. When you have defined yourself to be the premier provider, Brian Burton, plumbing extraordinaire go in on, your home. Go on, keep going. I like this. <laughs> like we're heading here. When, when you have defined yourself to be that and you believe in that, then for the customer to say, you know what? This isn't the first time that I had a plumbing problem before, and it probably won't be the last time. And I'd sure love to have Brian Burton in my house again when that happens. That, then you are missing the riches of potential right there in front of you. Right. And the way to the way to start putting the presentation together for that is to um, think about, well, you have two types of customers. There are transactional customers and relational customers. Transactional customers want to know one thing. What's the bottom line? They want to know that they are winning. They want to know that they couldn't, they couldn't, um, it doesn't necessarily mean they want it the cheapest, but they want the most value for the for the smallest amount of money possible. So they wouldn't go with your competitor just because they're cheaper if they offer less value. They won't do that. Um, but they want to know that they're getting the best bang for their buck, 100%. Whereas a relational customer is somebody who wants that relationship. They want to know that they're cared for. They want to know that their opinion matters. They want to know that you personally are going to be the tech coming to their home over and over again. So with the transactional client, you're dealing with somebody who you tell them that, hey, for this, this amount of money per year, um, you have us out two times and, you know, with the, I don't know what everybody's plan covers, but with the 15% discount, if we did this, that, and this, Here's how you would have paid for that plan already. Um, you could also go through their history and look at jobs they've done in the past and say that you know, the, with this plan that we have now, this would have paid for itself by now. Um, if you waive service call fees with your plan, then this is how many times you would need to have us out. Do you think you're realistically going to have us out two or more times this year? Um, that's transactional. That's what they want to know, that that plan is more or less going to pay for itself, going to give them enough value to make it worth the money. Whereas the relational customer is going to want to know that they're a little more important to us as a, as a result of having that plan. Our plan members are, they get front of, front of the line service. They're pushed to the front of the line versus customers who don't have a plan um, that you can, you know, you can give them your phone number. Or certainly we allow it here to give your, your cell phone number and say, hey, if you want to get a hold of the office or want to get, get, me sent out, give me a call. You can get a hold of me as a plan member. Just call me directly and I'll work it out with the office for you. Um, also that you're going to be out once a year to do the, the maintenance and maximize their system for them as part of that plan. We'll take care of the repair you have going on today. You'll get the discount. And then, you know, sometime here in the near future, I'll be coming out to flush and maintain the water heater and then check your plumbing system and do a little tune up for you. Um, that's something that a transact or I'm sorry, that a relational customer is interested in. Not just that we'll be back out to do those things, but it, it's going to be me. It's going to be you as, as a tech. They're interested in long-term relationships. 
Um, so there's plenty in both in, in the plans for both customers, transactional and relational. You just have to make sure that your presentation is geared towards both. So you have to touch on as many bullet points as you can. Um, and I know what our our plans here offer. I don't know what everybody's do, but you, you have to make sure that your presentation touches on at least three benefits for the transactional client and three benefits for the relational client so that you're not leaving either one out and you'll see your, your success go way up. Yeah, and Brian, it's not just transactional and relational customers. It's transactional and relational employees too, right? I mean, from, from a very base transactional uh, line of thought, the reason to look into this particular niche is because there should be, and at our businesses, there is compensation accordingly. If you sell and present present and sell, excuse me, a plan or plans to a customer, you know you're compensated for that because the company benefits uh, greatly from having that return business. But then there's also the relational employee too, who gets to see uh, Mr. Homeowner, Mrs. Homeowner on a year to year basis because they loved what they saw. They loved Brian Burton in their home and they want him back. And if they have to pay a couple shekels a month to make sure that that happens, fantastic. They'll, they'll make it happen because they loved what they saw and they believe in it. So whether you're that type of relational um, employee who really loves to see return clients over and over and over again, or whether you're more of that transactional employee who says like, hey, I, I just want to help my, uh, you know, my customers get the best bang for their buck. I mean, there's plenty of riches in both of those niches. And that's, that's the focus for this, guys. You know, are, are you missing out on the opportunity because you've overlooked these as a small and insignificant part of what you do. That's not the case. These are a substantial piece of our business. They're a substantial piece of your, uh, you know, in your truck, Brian Burton Inc. business as well. Yeah, and they have to be a substantial piece because they are going to guarantee that we have calls to run in the future um, all year round, not just when the high demand calls are coming in. Um, and if you're, if you work here, you, you, you don't have to worry too much because the people on our phones here are so highly trained in, in uh, capitalizing on every call that comes in and, and um, getting as, as many plan members as possible on that inbound phone call. But every tech in this building does run calls where they did not purchase the plan on the phone, and it now falls to you as, as the last line of defense to get that person involved in one of our plans. Now, if it's you know somebody who's... The, the for sale sign is hammered out front and they're they're all but moved out that's that's different but if it's just a family and they didn't get involved on the phone for whatever reason it is on you to make that happen and we do need you to make that happen and you if you plan on being here for any considerable am amount of time you need to make it happen for yourself because they they um they are loyal not only to the company once they're on a plan but most customers are loyal to the technician who got them on that plan and they will ask for you and if you do something like give out your phone number which is something i did a lot in, in a truck just to tell them that you know it's a work phone so if you leave it just goes to another person at the company here um but they could call me and i could take care of it for them or they could call me and and um just feel like there was a little bit more personal touch to their service. Um, not everybody does that or likes that concept. I understand that. Um, that was just for me personally, but I found that my 
customers were a lot stickier as a result. And I sold a lot of plans when I was in a truck. Um, I just felt like it was, I tried to make it feel like it was part of my job. Um, I knew for sure it was the best thing for the customers because I saw how much money they saved as a result of having these plans. Um, and you know, I like, I liked the kudos for, you know, be, being a high plan sell, salesperson and whatever the, the company wanted of me, I tried to go all in for, um, because I appreciate the opportunity that, that, uh, Benjamin Franklin Plumbing's given me over my career here and always wanted to return that favor. Um, but in terms of myself, just being in a truck, you, you can't have slow days when you have people that are willing to wait until you can get there. So true. And, you know, we saw that a lot. I see that a lot still where I have people call in often and say, you know, I want, I want John out. And you'll say, well, John uh, isn't on, on an all-day job today and they say well is he available tomorrow like they'll wait they have something leaking and they're they'll put a bucket under and wait for that specific person and what does that mean for john well we might not have any calls tomorrow but john has one i mean that's not typically the case here but it it can be for sure and the more plan member customers you have personally the less you ever have to worry about something like that yeah i mean that's riches right there the opportunity or the opportunity lost depending uh, on how you approach that previous customer or those previous 10 customers. Did you get them on an agreement? Did you say, hey, we can make this a permanent thing where you call me and I come out? Um, so don't overlook it. And, and, and also don't undervalue it, guys. <clears throat> when you look at service agreements, like I said before, so many guys just present it as a coupon. Like, hey, hey uh, Brian, uh, just, you know, go ahead, sign up here, um, and we'll get you a discount off. You know, cancel anytime, no big deal. You're, you're undervaluing the entirety of you, the company, and the service agreement. And you're literally putting it as just a, a coupon at checkout. And you're not going to do yourself any service uh, with that approach, specifically for that client uh, retaining the service agreement for any length of time. Uh, as it is in, in most of the transactional world, you know, you get the money at as low a price as you can, and then there's zero loyalty there. Because why should there be? Why should there be when the only reason that I signed up for this was to save a couple bucks up front? So don't undervalue the plan. Don't undervalue the company and don't undervalue yourself. If you do that, what, what do you think is going to happen? You're not going to have loyal customers at all. You're not going to have loyal clients calling you or the company. They're going to do whatever they want. So let's talk about that presentation, Brian, as far as presenting the plants, as far as uh, working that in, integrating that into uh, whatever you're there to do that day, whether it's a service call or a standard maintenance or whatever it is, how does that become part of the conversation seamlessly? Well, for our, our techs here, um, it might be a little bit different than most, most of the brands out there because that homeowner has, I mean, in probably over 99% of the case uh, cases, um, they've heard about it on the phone when they book the call because there's nobody in this building who will answer the phone and not at least bring up the plan. 
So it's a little bit easier for us to just bring it up because we're not bringing it up cold or from scratch. Um, but I know this is the only company I worked for that did that. So if you go to most companies, you're going to be the first person bringing it up. But either way, it's the same. Um, you ask the question, how much do you know about our service plans? Or in our case, how much do you know about our family member plans? And that is how you bring up anything. Um, I, I never said I need to tell you about or you need to know about or wait till you hear. I just said, how much do you know about it? And there's something about that ending in a question mark um, that just makes them either say, ah, they told me about it on the phone. It wasn't really for me. And that's about as bad of an answer as you can get. That's as hard as it'll ever get. And that one is pretty easy to just say, oh, is there something in particular you didn't like about it? And they're usually going to say um, either no, nothing I didn't like, just didn't think it was for me, or they're going to say, I thought it was a lot of money. And in the money case, you're just going to talk about the value in that plan. Um, and maybe they're transactional, and that becomes obvious there, so you, you just go to how much money it should save them. And one good way to do that is to find out at your company how much your company's plans save your average you know, plumbing customer if you're in a Ben Franklin. How much is the average a customer can save throughout a year if they have one of these plans? Or you can just you know, go back through your last four weeks of calls you ran and average out how much money was saved by the 15% discount and the service call fee being waived. If you have any vouchers or anything like that, add that in there. And divide it by the number of clients that actually had plans, and you can have your own. My typical client saves, you know, on average $200 a year by having this plan, uh, $400 a year by having this plan, whatever it is, or, you know, $210 per visit by having this plan. And that right there is a tool that can easily outweigh the, I thought the plan cost too much um, objection. Uh, if they say they don't, they didn't really care for the plan. Ask them if there's anything in particular they didn't care for. They'll usually say no. They just didn't hear enough about it to be interested in it. And then you go into the reasons that you think the plan's beneficial. The reason the plan would be beneficial for them, not for the average customer, but you should know enough about them at this point um, to tell them how it's going to help them. Now here are the repairs we're doing today. Factor in the 15% discount, plus we can waive the service call fee or what have you. If there's any vouchers, you add that in there. And here's what you're looking at with the plan versus without the plan. And as you can see here, even without all the other benefits, which are huge, that this plan provides you throughout the year, without all that other stuff, just right here, it makes more sense to have the plan than to not have it. And that's how you would build your presentation and present the plan in a way that's just hopefully going to make sense to that particular customer. But um, most of the time, if our people didn't, here didn't get it on the phone, I would think by and large, it's a result of that customer not having the time on the phone to get the full presentation of that plan. You know, maybe he's got a kid screaming in his arm or, you know, she's making dinner and she has no time for this conversation, just... How fast can you be out here? Okay, good. See you then. Click. Um, 
and in that case, you just you get to start the presentation from scratch, but you should have that all mapped out before you get there and probably have this thing down to a five-minute conversation realistically, 10, ten on the high end, um, so that you can say it either when you're building options or worst-case scenario on your way out the door, but you should bring you should be bringing them up on every call you run. If they didn't get involved in a plan on the phone, it's your job to at least make sure they're fully aware of what they said no to. Yeah, Brian, and and that's another leg up for our people in the field. You have time. Uh, from a call-taking perspective, I mean, most of our calls average around six to seven minutes apiece, sometimes less, obviously sometimes more. Uh, but, you know, people aren't are calling us to catch up with their favorite bestie. Uh, they're calling us because there's a problem in the world and they need it fixed. And the faster that we can get somebody out there, the faster they feel like the problem will be resolved. So they're not calling us with an expectation of a 15, 20 minute conversation. Sometimes it gets there, but most times it doesn't. You in the field, though, they are absolutely expecting that that appointment is going to have some time. And so you have that as to your advantage, that uh, you can finish or follow up with the presentation over the phone Uh, from over the phone and into the field and say, hey, I understand that you were probably um, presented or that our call taker probably discussed some of our service agreements with you. And we'd sure love to see if that'd be an opportunity or a fit for you. And you can kind of finish the conversation there if nothing was finalized over the phone. Or in in an odd situation where nothing was even brought up over the phone, you can have the opportunity to uh, firm that up and, and kind of go over the details. Or if something was brought up over the phone and they actually said, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You can say, hey, if you liked what you saw today, did you know that we, we offer this same type of service in XYZ, you know, our plumbing or XYZ or HVAC or Sparky or whatever it may be. And in doing so, you have the opportunity to serve your brothers in the field and getting them some additional um, loyal customers, clients, while also providing for yourself there too. So there's a lot of benefits to that. And I liked what you said there, Brian, about um, specializing it, you know, making it custom to the client. Why does it benefit them? Not why does it benefit most people? Why does it benefit you, uh, Frank, Ted, Jerry, Elaine, whatever it is, why does it benefit you right now uh, and and you in the future? We've talked about that in a previous podcasts where we focus on you know, pain in the now and pain in the future. And that absolutely plays into this conversation also with a service agreement as to how it can benefit you now, how it can solve some of your pain now, but how it can also solve some of your pain in the future. And so when you bring that into the conversation, whether you're following up on something that was spoken about over the phone or whether you're presenting for the first time brand new, that should definitely be a factor in understanding what is the primary concern. And I want to ask our guest on the second part of the podcast here, what uh, her investigation um, into the client is to understand like how to talk about the plan and what the benefits might be because I know there's some different approaches there depending on what the client is most interested in. But when you're out there in the field as a service professional standing in the home, you already know essentially why you're there. So then it's just a matter of understanding how they can immediately benefit from it. And then also, hey, what does this look like in the future? You know, Do you foresee that there could be additional times when you might need our services and, and here's how that could actually play into your benefit? So it's really important and it's definitely a niche. And like any niche, if you focus on the ability to get better within that niche, the riches will generally follow. 
what we talked about on our Riches and Niches podcast with sewers and drains is that uh, th- there's two ways of looking at that. It's either an opportunity that few people want to do or it's an opportunity, opportunity that few people do well. So I can't say that service agreements is something that few people want to do, although that there probably is some merit to that, that not a lot of technicians look at this valuably. Uh, but there's definitely a lot to be said about few people do it well, meaning that if you can talk about a plan that you believe in, if you can present it to a client in a way that makes sense for them, you can capitalize on a, a huge unrecognized mine of riches in this particular area. That's right, Nate. And as all the guests on the Riches and Niches series have um, alluded to, they're selecting their thing that they're really going to focus in on and uncovering the riches in that thing. And all three of them make far more personal income for their families than they did before they got into this particular niche and got into that niche at this company and came from doing something else um, or or working at a different company and, and didn't know about their particular niche until they got here. But once they got here and got into it and really started becoming successful at it, they changed they changed their income bracket multiple times. I mean, as a result of, of singling out one thing that they're going to be great at and really excel in, it doesn't mean they're not good at all the other things they have to do as part of their job. But finding that one thing that they're really going to focus in on and excel at, they, they, you know, they pay a lot more taxes now. Yeah. And so we want to encourage you as we wrap up that you need to find your niche. If you haven't figured it out, at the end of today, put the, put the truck in park. Don't go home and start thinking about what it's going to be. What are you going to focus on? Where are the unrecognized riches in your life? And what is going to be your niche? And how are you going to get better in that? And we hope we've demonstrated over the past series that uh, not only are there direct opportunities within each one of these sub-subjects, but there's just a general concept that if you pick an area of focus and you put your attention and your energy and your growth into that area, the riches are bound to follow. So let this podcast serve as you being put on notice. You need a niche and it will lead to riches. So go figure it out. And go figure it out that it might be here. And if you're working for a place right now that you don't feel is your niche, hey, we might be the place for you. And so we definitely have the riches to offer. And we want to make sure that um, it's something that we'd love to talk to you about. It's something that we'd love to hear more about what you're interested in because we think that we have a pretty good place. And so find us on our website, wastenoday.com. Find us on Facebook. Uh, Give us a call. Let us know what you're up to. And let us know what you think and what your niche is. We want to hear from you too. We want to hear about uh, how you're making it happen. That's it for this podcast. Uh, So make sure that you remember that you have the opportunity to spend your days doing what you actually want to be doing. Don't spend your days wishing for more. There is opportunity. There is a better you out there. There is a niche to be found and there is riches to be gained. And so make sure you keep that in mind and decide to wake up every single morning with that pursuit in mind and choose to waste no day.
This podcast is a production of the South Central Pennsylvania branch of One Hour Heating and Air Conditioning, Benjamin Franklin Plumbing, and Mr. Sparky Electric.